invite you to join me in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Well-known passage, Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. It says this, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the comforting promises of this passage. The fact that you are with us, even to the end of the age. We are not alone. We're not left to our own devices, to our own power, to our own scheme. We're not left to our own authority. We're not left alone. Lord, we go in your authority. We go on your mission. We go with your presence. And pray that you would comfort our hearts in, these, uh, in this time. That your name would be lifted high. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For the church retreat, uh, I didn't necessarily have a theme for the retreat. Uh, there, there was no one theme for, for the whole weekend, but... Uh, as Dan and David and I were talking about each of our messages, and, and the way it worked was we was, was supposed to work before I got sick, was that each one of us was going to take a message, and uh, each one of us was going to spend 20 or so minutes uh, speaking, and the theme for those messages was supposed to be something along the lines of, one thing I want you to know, one thing that I really want you to know. One reason why I kind of recommended a theme like that um, was simply because I thought it would, would be fairly easy and it would flow kind of naturally out of a pastor's heart. What is, what is one thing that I really want you to know? If, I, if there was one thing, if I only had one opportunity to speak, this is the last time I was ever going to say anything, what is the one thing that I would want to leave you with? There's so many directions that you could go with an opportunity like that. And yet where I ended up landing uh, was what is the last thing that Jesus said? Before Jesus ascended on high, what is the last thing that Jesus said to his apostles? What was the last thing that he said? And so the one thing that I want you to know is that you're not alone. The one thing that I want you to know is that you are not alone. You see that here in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. The very last thing that Jesus tells his apostles, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You are not alone. <coughs> As many of you know, my dad has a commercial cleaning business back in Greenville. And I uh, grew up around the business. I grew up in the cleaning business. That was, in fact, my plan for my life, even when I was uh, in college and in high school. So my earliest memories are cleaning with my dad. 
different accounts that he had. My high school job was to clean. My dad had the Greenville County Library System as one of his accounts, and so one of my high school jobs was to clean one of the Greenville County Library branches. And so my high school friend and I, uh, I was kind of over the branch, and then I hired my friend to help me, and my friend and I would go every night, and we would go and we would clean this branch. The thing with cleaning a library, though, is that libraries, public libraries, are open pretty late. They didn't close till 9 o'clock. At least the South Carolina one didn't close till 9 o'clock. So uh, we couldn't get in until 9.30 at the earliest, sometimes 9.45, 10 o'clock. And uh, the one that I cleaned was not always, not always, it wasn't in the best part of town either. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a building alone at night. It's terrifying. <laughs> this church can be pretty terrifying when you're in here alone at night. <laughs> and I remember one night in particular, I'll never forget it, my friend wasn't able to come to work, so I was left to clean the library all alone. And I remember I, I had gotten started, and uh, the, the cleaning closet was in the ladies' bathroom, so you had to go in there, prop the door open, get your stuff, go out. And I was across the way, I was in the guys' room, uh, restroom and I was cleaning and all of a sudden I'm in there uh, cleaning doing my stuff and all of a sudden I hear a loud bang I kind of pause and I listen and and I I slowly kind of open the door and, and peeked my head out the door and wouldn't you know it that at that moment as I peeked my head out the door it was just in time to catch the girls bathroom door swinging closed so now I'm really on edge, because I'm the only one in this building. I just saw a door close, and I heard a bang. And uh, I was terrified. And so I, I remember, <laughs> I wish there was security camera out this. I, I remember I, 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 I went out in the hallway between the bathrooms, and I'm getting up my courage. And it's not something you just kind of want to slowly open the door, because if there's someone in there, you're giving them time to respond. Right? So I... I burst into the girls' bathroom. If someone's in there, I'm going to catch them off guard. And there was no one there. So, all right, well, whoever was in there, they must have walked out of the girls' bathroom. So here I go, walking through the library, and I've got my toilet brush with me, just in case. And I walk into the, the main part of the library, and you, I'm walking in front of the, the main desk, and, and out of the corner of my eye, I finally see something move. And I have never jumped so high in my entire life. I ended up on the ground, and I, I look up, and at that moment, I realized that I had just jumped at my own reflection <laughs> in the window behind the desk. <clears throat> there was no one there. In fact, I spent the, <laughs> several minutes searching the rest of the library, and I, I finally figured out what had happened. It was just a comedy of errors. What had happened was someone had dropped a bunch of books into the book drop right next to the library door. And at the exact same moment that they had done that, just by chance, the girl's bathroom door had slid off of its uh, doorstop. And so that door had closed. And so those two things just happening right next to each other had scared me to death. 
Normally, neither one of those things would have bothered me at all. I'd heard that bang before. That was not the first time the door had slipped off its hinge. But that night, I was already on edge. Why? Because I was all alone. I was all alone. I already felt vulnerable. I had a heightened sense of uneasiness. And I suspect that you know the exact feeling of uneasiness that I'm talking of when I speak of being alone. Being alone brings you face to face with your vulnerability, your weaknesses. You're left to yourself. There's so many things that could go wrong. You know that you are not invincible. You are mortal. Being alone often forces you to confront and contemplate that very reality. I am vulnerable. It's a terrifying thing to know that you are all alone. This evening, I simply want to encourage you with the truth that in Christ you are not and you never will be all alone. He is with you. And even as we see in this passage, he is for you. He is working all things for your good and for his glory. And we're going to quickly walk through this well-known passage, this much-beloved passage. We could spend a lot of time here, but we're just going to breeze right through it. And I want you to see Jesus' authority, Jesus' mission, and Jesus' presence. The first thing you see is his authority. Verse 16 finds us on a mountain in Galilee where Jesus has told his apostles to meet him, his disciples to meet him. And they've all gathered there. And you have almost the shocking verse, verse 15, when they saw him, right? This is Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord, the one who had just died on the cross. And now he is here, he is alive. They see him with their own eyes. This isn't something that's just being reported to them. They are seeing him. They worshiped him. And rightfully so. And yet here's the shocking part. But some doubted. But some doubted. What is there to doubt? He's standing right in front of you. So we find ourselves on this mountain where Jesus has told them to meet. Jesus is here. You can imagine that the, the anticipation on this mountain is high. They, they, I'm sure that they don't know exactly what Jesus has called them here for. Some of them probably have their own mountains, or their, their own ideas. Peter probably has a sword on his side. He's ready to go to war because that's who Peter is. There's anticipation. I don't know. I just know Jesus has told me to be here. Jesus came and spoke to them, and he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority. As you work your way through the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew stresses the authority of Jesus Christ. You see the authority of his teaching in Matthew 7, 29. The authority of his healing in Matthew 8, verses 1 to 13. His authority over nature in Matthew 8, 23 to 27. Who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? 
His authority to forgive sins in Matthew 9, 6. His authority over demons in Matthew 17, 14 to 21. And then finally here in Matthew 28, his authority over death and sin itself. All authority has been given to me, he says. Turn with me, if you will, to Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, verse 5, who, being in the form of God, did not consider a robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. There is nothing that does not fall underneath the authority of Jesus Christ. It is an authority that one day he will hand back to the Father after he has set up his kingdom and he has ruled faithfully, accomplishing the things the Lord has called him to. He will hand it back to the Father. But for now, in this age, right now, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. It's important for us to note because as you go to verse 19 it begins go therefore and that therefore is a direct tie back to Jesus' authority. He has authority. Therefore he is sending with authority. He is speaking with authority. Because the one who is sending you has authority you have authority as you go. His authority gives us power. It gives us boldness. Secondly, note his mission. Verses 19 to the beginning of verse 20. All authority has been given to me, therefore you go in that authority. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Go, therefore, and make disciples. The idea of go is the idea of be going. It is assumed that you will be going. In fact, the only command in this is the command to make disciples. It's assumed that you will be going as you do this. And and you would think that that would be a safe assumption. You think that it would be safe to assume that those for whom Jesus has died, for those who have seen the resurrected Lord, or those who have read of his testimony in Scripture, that they would automatically go and tell, correct? It's not something you just walk away from. 
as if nothing's happened. And don't speak of it again. To hear of someone rising from the dead and not go and speak of it, that is crazy. So it's assumed that you will be going. But as you go, what do I do? As I go, under the authority of Jesus Christ, what do I do? You make disciples. You get others to follow Jesus. You tell them about who he is and what he has done. Tell them about his authority, his death, and his resurrection. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Note the important order here. Make disciples, then baptize, and teach the continuing process of discipleship. It's important to note here that the the mission of the church is of divine origin and it's under divine authority. It is Christ's mission for us. It's not up to you. Just a few chapters earlier in Matthew 16, 18, as Peter confesses Christ, how does Jesus respond? You are Peter, and on this rock, you, Peter, will build my church. Is that what he says? He says, on this rock, I will build my church. Whose church is it? It's Jesus' church. Who will build the church? Jesus will build the church. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. You are going in his authority. You are going accomplishing his mission. He is building his church through the Great Commission. Great Commission is a promise that while you go, it is a promise while you go under his authority, and it's an order in which to go and tell. Go and make disciples. Go and baptize them. Go and teach them. So finally then, the last thing to see is his presence. Go in his authority. Go and make disciples. Accomplishing the mission the Lord has given and go in his presence. Under his authority, accomplishing his mission, Jesus promises the church his presence. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You think maybe he would give some more information there, right? You said to go, well, go make disciples of all nations, all right, well, where do you want John to go? What about Matthew? 
It seems so, so open-ended. You think Jesus would not want to add some, some clarifying statements on the end of this, but no, the last thing that he says here in the book of Matthew, before he ascends to the hand of his Father, is not more details on how to go, but it's the comforting truth that I am with you. Always. You're not alone in this. In fact, I find it interesting that in John, specifically verses 13 through, or chapter 13, all the way through chapter 16, this upper room discourse all throughout here, the one thing that is constantly on the disciples' minds is the fear that Jesus is leaving them. Constantly, over and over again, they bring it up. Where are you going, Lord? Why can't we come? Explain this to us again. Peter brings it up. Thomas brings it up. Just over and over again. It's almost comical because Jesus is giving them a lot of information in the upper room discourse. And, and there'll be like a break and, and the disciples will say, so where are you going? They're terrified of being alone because they know their own weaknesses. Just like we do. They feel vulnerable. And they are vulnerable. We are vulnerable. It truly would be terrifying if the success of the church were left in the hands of the church. But it's not. Typically, as we turn our attention to the Great Commission, we look and focus on what it is that we should be doing, going and making disciples. But this evening, I want you to see not just what you should be doing, but I want you to see the authority and the encouragement behind this call to action. Yes, in Christ, you are called to make disciples. But you are called to make you are not called to make disciples in your own strength, and you are not left to make disciples alone. The church will triumph because Jesus is the Lord of the church. She goes forth in his strength under his authority and with the promise of his presence. Not just corporately, but individually. He's not just with us as we gather here. Jesus is with you. His Spirit indwells you. Have you ever taken a second to, to think through that theologically, doctrinally? Understand the doctrine of the Trinity, right? Well, maybe not understand it. We, uh, we get the concept. Three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All three, fully God. So doctrinally then, as you think about the Holy Spirit who indwells you, who is it who indwells you? The fullness of God indwells you. Not some whisper or hint of God, fullness of God indwells you. 
His power goes before and upholds you. As you go and make disciples, Jesus is with you. As you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Jesus is with you. As those that you care about turn their back on you and abandon you, Jesus is with you. The one thing that I want you to know, if tonight were the last time that I would ever speak to you, is this, you are not alone. The Lord is at work in and through you. So go and be strengthened and encouraged in the light of this truth. Go and be all the more bold in the freedom of knowing that you are not alone. Jesus deeply understands us. He knows well our insecurities, our fears, and our vulnerability. And so with his last words on earth, as he ascends into heaven, he comforts his followers with the truth that they are not and never will be alone. He is with them. And he will be forever to the end of the age. So go encouraged and go emboldened because you are not alone. With that, we're going to transition.